Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 155. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. I hope all of you had a great weekend. We just got through an interesting period with racing. You know, we had Leadville the weekend before, and, uh, you know, it's always just so awesome seeing everybody coming in and and finishing their races and achieving dreams. And then the UTMB was uh, earlier this weekend, and I was kind of wrapped up in watching a lot of that. And um, some some awesome performances there. Uh, Francois Dehane, Dehani, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it, French name. Um, I'm a book editor. I can Anything I can see, I can edit, but I, I don't necessarily pronounce every uh, French name perfectly. But uh, he just won Hard Rock a couple of months ago here in Silverton, Colorado. A uh, very hard 100-mile race. And then he went on to win the uh, UTMB, his fourth victory there. For those of you not familiar, UTMB has kind of turned into the Super Bowl of ultra marathoning. Uh, you have to earn points at various races around the world in order to gain an entry into the race. And it's a nuts scene. If you have a chance to take a look at some of the videos, it looks like the Tour de France. I mean, they run through towns and up and down hills and staircases and, and what have you. Of course, they are out on trails as well. And it is very difficult, but it, it's just amazing when you see them running through towns. And um, Courtney Dewalter, I, I remember watching her running in towards the end, and she literally had, almost had to move people out out of the way. It looked like the Tour de France when those riders are heading up a hill and uh, a mountain and the um, spectators are literally just getting in the way. And um, speaking of Courtney, she finished seventh overall. She won the women's division. She just crushed it. Uh, She is just such an incredible athlete. Uh, I would arguably say she might be the most epic, uh, the most beastly uh, female athlete in the world right now, or male or female for that matter. Um, She dominates the 200-mile race scene, uh, races like the Moab 240, for instance. But uh, she crushed it at UTMB, as I said, finished seventh overall. And uh, she's from here in Colorado. Uh, I'll tell you just a funny story real quickly about Courtney is um, with my cross-country meet that I host, I host the uh, Runner's Roost Invitational. This is going on the 29th year of the meet, and uh, it, it's got my signature. Uh, the kids run through water jumps and um, get dirty, uh, mud and dirt and weeds and all that. It's it's true cross-country, not the mamby-pamby kind of stuff where I see a lot of cross-country races that run on concrete sidewalks or something like that. But uh, my races are a lot of fun like that, but I do go out into the public looking for volunteers to help out. And Courtney showed up a few years ago and helped out and brought a friend. She said she just wanted to give back to high school cross country where she had some great memories. And uh, honestly, I didn't know anything about Courtney at the time. It was really kind of embarrassing when a couple weeks later I looked up and it's like, oh my God, I had Courtney Dewalter at my race. This this woman's incredible. And she's since, I mean, she was so nice, so incredibly nice to do that. And she's certainly become one of my, uh, somebody I'm a huge fan of. And wow, just, just crushed it this weekend. So 
Um, congrats to her and and everybody who finished the UTMB. And uh, seems kind of funny. That it seems like it's almost kind of wrapping up the whole ultra marathon season as we head into the fall. And we've got you know we got marathons coming up. Um, you know everything from Chicago to New York to even Boston, which is, is very strange to say, be, being that Boston's normally in April and it's going to be in October this year. So a lot of big names are lining up to run those races. So we have a lot of uh, exciting marathoning coming up here ahead. But um, got me thinking about um, doing something epic. Um, I am signed up to run Leadville in 2022. I had an entry in 2020 that I deferred to next year. I've been getting through um, a lot of injury issues, particularly to my feet. Uh, had a hamstring issue that hung around for about eight months, but I've been able to train pretty consistently now since May. And in fact, uh, this month, August, uh, will be at my high water mark for miles in probably three or four years. So um, still have one foot issue that I'm not sure if it's ever going to go away if I don't have surgery. I've, I've been told by many it needs to have surgery to fix kind of a hammer toe situation. My, my toes go all sorts of wonky directions. And quite frankly, I'm just sick of surgeries. Had too many of them in the last decade. And so I'm going to try to tough it out without surgery for this. Feels kind of like a bone is coming through my foot. So um, not the greatest, but, you know, um, I'm just going to plow through. But um, I, I, I'm going to find a, probably a couple other races to work my way up to uh, Leadville. But um, I'm looking for something kind of epic. And uh, maybe uh, you guys can uh, give me some suggestions there. Um, you know, I've just in this past uh, year or so of podcasting, I've gotten to meet people doing so many epic things. You know, I think back to um, Stan Cottrell, who just a couple weeks ago finished his run across the country from L.A. to Washington, D.C. at the age of 78. Um, John Kudrowski, who climbed Mount Everest. Um, Ian uh, Lawton over there in Ireland, who did 10 marathons in 10 days to um, honor the memory of uh, the, the 10th anniversary of the passing of his infant son. And um, he's been continuing. I mean, here's a former, you know, obese guy who has uh, totally changed his life around and is able to complete, uh, as I mentioned, 10 marathons in 10 days on a track, no less. And this was in the Oh, I think it was February, March in Ireland, pretty crappy weather as well, and he's actually getting ready to embark on another big um, ultramarathon adventure. But yeah, I just think back, uh, people doing all these epic things. Um, you know, Tyler Andrews was on the podcast a while back, and um, he'd done the FKT of the Everest Base Camp Trail. And I'm going to go down to uh, Ecuador uh, with Tyler in November, and we're going to run up and down a bunch of volcanoes down there, getting some serious vertical and altitude down there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, kind of all part of the stepping stone, if you would, towards uh, Leadville next year. But you know what I kind of had my eye on was the uh, Everest 29029 challenge. Um, you know, I was thinking about that even just today, I, I ran up the Manitou Incline, um, which is uh, down outside of Colorado Springs in the town of uh, Manitou Springs, which is right at the base of Pikes Peak. And I hadn't been on that before. It's become a huge tourist attraction. Basically, they've built something like 2,744 steps uh, from basically, uh, basically where the Cog Railway starts at the foot of Pikes Peak. And it goes up um, the, the first part of Pikes Peak climbs about, I think it's 2,400 vertical feet, uh, a gain in elevation, I should say, 2,400 feet gain in elevation in 0.9 miles. So 
Um, if you were to do the math on that, I understand the grade on that averages out. It's 40-something percent. And in fact, it even peaks out at like 68% grade. So it's uh, pretty much straight up on the stairs there. And it's uh, it's pretty fun. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. My glutes are kind of feeling it tonight. And then um, and then I ran down the bar trail to get back down there. So uh, that, that took it out of my uh, quads just a little bit. But um, it's become a huge tourist attraction. It was kind of fun, but I mean, it's not quite epic, but it is still a, a pretty cool thing to do. Kind of reminded me of, um, when I ran up the steps at Machu Picchu, um, they're kind of tiny steps and, uh, t- you start out at five in the morning so you can get up there, watch the sunrise at Machu Picchu. And I think that took me about 43 minutes to do something like that. That was pretty fun. But, um, but this Everesting 29029, basically, um, Colin O'Brady, who, uh, completed the first solo unsupported crossing of Antarctica a few years back and has a great book called The Impossible First that he wrote about that. Um, but he started, along with a couple other folks, this 29029 Everesting Challenge. And basically what that is, is you try to complete 29,029 feet of vertical, uh, which is the same height as Mount Everest, in the least amount of time. So uh, they typically do it at like a ski area where you can basically run up and take the gondola back down. And um, I I know I need to work on my vert a whole lot. Um, The part of Leadville that kills me every year is Hope Pass. Uh, I am just not good at those vertical climbs like that. I'm not bad running up a moderate grade, but once you get on the really steep crap that just becomes a slog, um, I, I'm just, it's not a strong point for me. And, um, I, part of it also is that, um, you know, my ADHD or whatever you want to call what I have is I hate moving that slowly. Nothing bothers me more than clicking off miles, like one every 15 or 20 minutes, as opposed to what you typically do when you're running or, or on hope passes, probably sometimes closer to 30 minutes. So I hate that. That drives me nuts. I'm just too impatient. So, um, Got to get better at that uphill stuff, which is why I was kind of thinking this, um, the 29 or 29 challenge might be worthwhile because all it can do is help me in terms of getting uphills faster. So, um, but yeah, if you have any ideas, let me know. I, I'd like to try something, you know, more epic like that in the future. Um, just, you know, I'm also getting to that age where I'm not gonna have that many more opportunities to do things like that. But, um, but you know, I, I just got to thinking that that would be something for everybody. You know, I, I think everybody should try to take on some kind of challenge. And, you know, as I've mentioned before, for some people getting off the couch and, you know, doing that first run, um, you know, like David did when he was grossly overweight and he ran on the treadmill for 15 seconds and eventually worked that up to 30 seconds and gradually increased that to the point, of course, where he could do a lot more, but it started very, very, very basic. And for that, for him, that was his Everest. I mean, that was his epic achievement to be able to do those 15 seconds. And fortunately, he never gave up on that. And um, yeah, for a lot of people, uh, just working their way up to a 5k. And I, I've got a couple folks I'm working with right now in my American Heroes Run Challenge who are basically starting, you know, they are not runners. Uh, not that they're necessarily not athletes. Um, you know, I've got, got a couple people who, you know, they just participate in other kinds of sports, but um, they're working their way up. And this 5k even is is kind of their epic challenge. But um 
you know, the epic challenge, uh, it can be athletic, it doesn't have to be. I mean, for that matter, it might be um, just starting a business, you know, maybe quitting your job and, and starting something brand new, something that's always appealed to you. You open up that craft shop you always wanted to, or the coffee shop, or, um, you know, just whatever whatever you've had in your heart. And that could be your epic challenge. Um, a lot of time, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, standing on the edge of that cliff and, and taking that leap. Um, you know, the, the why not now? Uh, you know, there are a lot of times where we kind of get forced in that. We may lose a job. We may have a life change situation. And then that kind of spurs us. But a lot of times, if we just sat back and looked at the position we're in and really said, hey, why not now? You know, I can certainly do this now. You know, maybe I've got enough money to last me for X number of months while I get this business off the ground or, you know, maybe I was just scared of trying to ask some people for money to get this started or I didn't think I could run a business. I don't know how to do everything there. Sometimes, you know, you find yourself a business advisor, you know, SCORE is a great resource, retired executives basically who help small business people uh, get businesses off the ground, continue their businesses, etc. There are a lot of resources, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, if it is athletic, um, you know, it's, it's, it seems like such a cool thing. Just do something epic. You know, uh, I used to have this attitude of I, every year I used to try a new sport, something I'm totally incompetent at and, um, you know, just take my lumps. Um, you know, tried Nordic skiing, for instance, uh, you know, I've always been a runner that I figured that should be a, a, a no brainer. And, you know, Nordic skiing is not easy. Uh, you know, it's, you're on those skinny skis and I've been a downhill skier my whole life. And suddenly you're on these little tiny skinny skis, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't good at it at first and well, I'm still not good at it for that matter, but you know what? Uh, it was just fun to try something new. Um, I, I'm, a, I've always been a huge ice hockey fan, for instance. And, um, but you know, when I was growing up, uh, I, I couldn't skate. So I had to play goalie all the time because I could fall down really well. And mostly, you know, it was just street hockey kind of stuff. But I got to the point where I said, this is really dumb. And I went out and I took skating lessons and I can go out on the frozen lake in the middle of the winter now. And, um, I love to, you know, play some hockey, just get, get in the pickup hockey games. I only skate as good as the 11 year olds, but I do have the advantage though. When I crash into an 11 year old, I know which one of us is going to get knocked to the ice. So. Uh, but yeah, that was just kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of new things out there now that I, you know, people are doing stand up paddle boarding, for instance, that I haven't tried before, or, um, you know, I, I even think sometimes of maybe like kayaking or, you know, canoeing or, you know, I don't know, there, there are a lot of things out there that I could certainly try. I've kind of gotten away from trying that, um, new sport every year kind of thing. Um, you know, so it'd be kind of cool to try that, but you know, I would encourage, you know, a lot of you to try something new, whether it's a new sport or, you know, try a, a new epic kind of challenge. Um, you know, I, I know a young man I used to coach who he has spent a lot of time climbing just mountains all over the place. I mean, really challenging ones kind of where, you know, you're using ropes and crampons and ice axes and stuff like that. And so, you know, I applaud that tremendously. Um, um, even try something unique, something people aren't very good at. I used to tell kids all the time, you know, you can run, anybody can go out and run a hundred meters or a hundred yard, a hundred meters in track. Um, not everybody's good at it, but a lot of kids would only go out for the hundred because they think they can't run further than that. So they do the hundred. They're not very good. They get discouraged. I tell them, yeah, but what about doing the hundred or 110 hurdles? You know, that's a technique that not everybody gets down. 
even take it a step further, 300 hurdles. Um, you know, you, you can get good at the 300 hurdles a lot faster than some people who have been running the 100 for years. And you might stand a chance to get to the state meet or the triple jump or the pole vault, um, high jump. I mean, a lot of these are, are very specialized and uh, you find something unique that you can do well, and you're going to stand a chance to have more success. I mean, I've always joked that I've always wanted to move to like a Caribbean fly spec island and become their national marathon team. Um, I could probably be the best marathoner in St. Lucia or St. Vincent or Grenada, someplace like that, and uh, maybe make the Olympics that way. I may be getting too old at this point. But uh, there is a rule in the Olympics, by the way, that says if you if your country has not qualified anybody for any event, you do get one entry. Um, this is kind of interesting. A lot of people don't know about this, but uh, a lot of them, you know, a lot of those entries are in the hundred. So um, it, there's preliminary rounds before the first rounds of, of most Olympic uh, track events. So uh, if you watch the preliminary rounds in the hundred, uh, you'll see women in burkas. I remember watching this woman from Saudi Arabia who set like their country nation's record, um, running like 15 seconds in the hundred, which wouldn't win the JV division of most high school girls meets here. But, um, that was their national record because not many women do that in Saudi Arabia, much less running in a burqa. So, um, uh, there was one year there was a blind Mongolian marathoner. But Mongolia had qualified nobody else in track, so they got one entry, and this blind Mongolian guy ran in the Olympic marathon. So uh, that was my thinking, that I could maybe uh, be the uh, best uh, track athlete in some Caribbean fly-spec island and, and somehow make the Olympics. But um, boy, I got way off <laughs> way off track here. But um, but yeah, I encourage you, try something epic. You know, I mean, look out there. There's so many things, people doing epic things. You don't necessarily have to run across the country or... Um, like, uh, Jason Coop was following that guy who did the, um, I'm spacing out his name right now, who did the FKT of the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, but yeah, there's so many, you know, things that might be epic. Maybe it's getting into a Spartan race, a tough mutter, um, you know, whatever it is, but, um, you know, test yourself. Uh, I, I think, you know, it reminds me of the saying I've always had, I've never gone out for a run, even in the worst conditions when I'm feeling my worst and come back and said, gee, I wish I hadn't done that before. And I think you'll do the same thing when you go ahead and take on some new epic challenge. Um, you know, again, it could be something unique, something you've you know, dreamt up in your head or, um, you know, or even, you know, like some of these big backyard ultras that have been taking place, uh, a big backyard, uh, what do they call them? Uh, those are the ones where basically they run, they've got to run three point, uh, whatever miles in, uh, every hour. And it's just a matter of how many hours you can keep doing it. Or you take uh, the David Goggins challenge where he did the four by four by 48, where you have to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours total. And so of course, eventually that means you're running 48 miles, but, um, but it's a different kind of challenge. Um, you know, get yourself into something like that, something that, um, again, challenges you, uh, some area you never thought you, you could do before. Um, some of these relay races, uh, you know, like the, there, we have something out here called the wild west relay it runs from Fort Collins, Colorado to steamboat Springs runs up through Wyoming. It's, it's over 200 miles and each person uh, on a team, they have either six or 12 person teams and they each run different legs of it. And I, I led a team of, uh, high school boys years ago to, um, to do this. I, I was kind of their crew along with another dad out there. And they, um, you know, they 
completed the 200 miles, uh, taking their, their shifts and just, you know, different kind of challenge. So, um, yeah, get it, get into something epic, do something, you know, maybe it's a, uh, a new yoga class or Pilates class, or, you, you know, you're going to get into, um, just something that, uh, again, gets you out of your comfort level and, and shows you what you can achieve out there. Um, you know, go out and coach even, you know, go contribute to, uh, uh, high school or youth track or cross country program, something like that, something that you know helps you lend your abilities to somewhere else, and just um, helps you help help others achieve their own epic goals out there. So, uh, I know I've rambled a lot with this power play here, but um, kind of fired up a little bit. You know, like I say, I want to take something on here um, as I've uh, been able to get into better shape and fitter and uh, less injured and. Um, you know, see, uh, see what I might be able to accomplish out there. Something, like I say, that is worthy maybe of showing up on the We Are Superman podcast itself. So um seen so many people doing so many epic things here in the, in the last uh, year or two and just uh, kind of excites me. They're, they're inspirational. They're motivational. You know, go back, listen to some of the old episodes of this podcast and, you know, listen to some of the uh, epic things that people have done out there. So and maybe that something epic could be the American Heroes Run. Getting the shameless plug in here, but the American Heroes Run is coming up September 10th and 11th in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, you can also run it virtually wherever you are. We honor first responders, military service people and veterans, and those lives lost on September 11th, 2001, 20 years ago. And of course, we will also be met uh, remembering David Clark himself, who started this race 11 years ago. And his motto for the races is patriotism without politics. Uh, we have distances from 5K, 9.11 miles, half marathon, marathon, 9 hours and 11 minutes, 24 hours and 100 miles. So certainly those uh, may fall into the category of epic for you as well. So uh, you can go to ultrasignup.com to sign up. And uh, search for American Heroes Run there, and there's also a direct link in the show notes. And uh, as I mentioned in the last uh, podcast, I also have, in addition to the usual awards, I've got some really cool custom full-color dog tags that have been created for the race. And uh, those are in addition to the finisher's coin or belt buckle that you would get um, when you complete the race. So uh, sign up today. Uh, it's going to be a great time, uh, a great run for great cause, uh, remembering some very important people. Um, thanks for listening to uh, all my rambling here. Um, like I say, just it was just this idea that I came up with here uh, when I was uh, on the Manitou Incline today and really kind of literally busting my butt to get up this uh, front of Pikes Peak. So thank you again for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. As always, uh, I always uh, really enjoy the comments I get from you folks about how much uh, hopefully I am contributing to your enjoyment of running and living and, um, you know, transforming to a better lifestyle. So you know, if you enjoy the podcast, the best thing you can do, of course, is to share it with your friends or in social media. And then please take a minute, give me a, give us, I should say, a five-star rating where you get your podcast. Uh, leave a review, please. That, that would be fantastic. And um, it really does help our show. And uh, you can find the We Are Superman podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, again, it's all in honor of David and the legacy that he left to all of us of just, uh, you know, being kinder, 
being more motivated, being better people, being nicer to each other, love one another. Uh, if I can help keep that legacy going longer, then I'm going to keep doing this. So, and finally, of course, you know, uh, we're getting there with the vaccines. Uh, you know, we have this Delta variant. Uh, there's a Lambda variant out there now. These are going to keep coming up. So the more of us who get vaccinated, the more we can be that ultra marathon crew that can really put this away. And um, final thing I wanted to mention is I just wanted to um, express my uh, condolences to families and friends of those Marines that were lost in the bombing at the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. Uh, very sad about that tragedy. Um, you know, the, the the war there has been just a, uh, has been a tough, tough deal now for 20 years. And uh, certainly I feel for the, uh, the lives that were lost there in the end there as we finally get out of Afghanistan. And uh, also my heart uh, goes out to the folks in New Orleans and Louisiana and environs with the uh, hurricane that's uh, hitting down there right now. And uh, hopefully those folks get their power back and don't get flooded too badly and uh, recover. Uh, I certainly hope it's not another Katrina for those folks down there. So uh, thanks again for listening. And until next time, always be positive. Positive.